0: Once again, it's Harvey Oliver from Phenom Sports reporting to you from Anchor.fm. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Let me repeat that. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more other platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Let me repeat that, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go to Anchor, get the app at anchor.fm to get started. What's going on y'all, it's Harvey Oliver back again here with Phenom Sports episode 009. And as usual, we about to get right into it. So check it out. Dak Prescott suffered a gruesome compound fracture to his ankle. Uh, one of the toughest things I've seen, um, you know, being a sports guy my entire life, I've seen a lot of injuries. You know, you got the Sean Livingston injury, Gordon Havers injury, Paul George's injury. Kevin Ware's Louisville injury, which is probably the worst one, that's probably that probably ranks number one. But um, Dax, you know, oh let's not forget you know Alex Smith, you know injuries like that. We can go on and on. But the reason why Dax's injury is just so bad, not only you know the injury itself was gruesome, and just watching him hold his ankle in his in his hands, but this dude is the heart and soul of Dallas Cowboys. He's like, you know, he's a he's an emotional leader, you know. He is a man's man 100%. You know, he leads by example. You know, uh other than Dak it's, it's only Russell Wilson as you know who you would choose to be the poster boy, the spokesperson for the NFL, you know. Um those guys do it the right way, and uh, they also perform on the field. But just in recent years, with Dak's mom passing, his brother passed this year. You know, um, he went through some reported mental health issues. Obviously, which is not which is not a knock on him. I don't know anyone, um, unless you're a sociopath, that can have that happen to you. And uh, you know, you don't go through a little stretch. Of, of your own personal mental health it, uh, issues, you know? So, um, yeah, um, with that being said, man, and then it, even on top of that, you know, with him, him and the Cowboys really not coming to a, um, him and the Cowboys really not coming to a uh, an agreement or a long-term deal, it makes this even worse because now, you know, um, now, as uh, far as contractually, in the future, the Cowboys in the driver's seat. You know, Dak went ahead and bet on himself, you know, uh, on the franchise tag. Yeah, all 31, $31.5 million that he got is 100% guaranteed. But now when he comes back off that injury, he's not going to get nowhere near the number that he was looking for um, on, that, on a four or five year deal. You know, I mean, oh, I mean, you know, now it's it's probably going to be what the Cowboys want to give them. You know, it'll probably be around 100 and you know, 75 or you know, million something like that. But it's not going to be. um, It won't. It'll be over five years for sure. It won't be over four. You know, so um, yeah, which is still an obscene amount of money. You know, Um, but yeah, watching that go down, that was. That was, one of the, that was one of the worst moments because, you know, you, you watch him go off the field and it's sucks because this dude is like, Dak is Iron Man, bro. The only other person in sports that's, that that doesn't that literally doesn't get hurt is LeBron James. That is the only person in the sports who can, who can wear that Iron Man badge because, I mean, dog, like, Dak has played every single game, started every single game, in his career, over past five years, he, you know, and then, you know, he doesn't he doesn't tweak an ankle, he doesn't, you know, tweak a shoulder, you know, tweak a knee. He just all out just breaks his his ankle in half, literally. That's like the first injury he got was career threatening. You know, like some guys, you know. It, it, Anybody that plays sports, you know, you're going to tweak some ankles along the way. You might miss a game here, game there. None of that. He went right into, boom, career-threatening injury. Here you go. So, you know, it it's hard to root against Dak in a situation like this. You know, um, I don't think anybody's rooting against him. But um, it's hard not to cheer for him. Let's put it like that. It's very hard not to be on Dak Prescott's side. When, uh, you know, just like everyone, everyone in the media says, anyone who came in contact with Dak, you know, Shannon Sharp, he'll attest to it. Um, he's the type of dude, and uh, no, I've never come in contact with him, but I mean, it, it doesn't take much, you know, to uh, to kind of, you know, see what kind of guy Dak Prescott is. You know, uh, oftentimes um, people that are that good and carry themselves the right way, you can sniff that out easily. You can sniff it out a mile away because it's rare. And it's different. It's not like it's not something that you see every day, you know. So, um, yeah, prayers up for Dak, you know, and his family. Um, I just hope that everything works works out for Dak. Um, like I said, he's the kind of guy that is really easy to cheer for, you know. Um, but, yeah, you, you got to ask yourself, uh, now, what does the offense look like? <laughs> the Everyone, that, so the current roster that the Cowboys have right now, Like Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Ezekiel Elliott. These dudes do not know football. They they don't know NFL football without Dak Prescott. They don't know NFL football life on the field without Dak Prescott. They don't know. Every snap they've ever taken has been in a a Dallas Cowboy uniform has been with Dak Prescott. So now you bring in Andy Dalton. Now you bring in Andy Dalton. Okay, now let's go ahead and just put this out here. Is Andy Dalton better? No, I don't think Andy is better. That's just me. Do I think Andy's a scrub? Hell no. I don't think Andy's a scrub. Andy went to five straight playoffs, didn't win anything. Um, Andy has some talent. Andy and has some real talent in Cincinnati, and uh, which is a part of why you know um, Cincinnati has such a bad name. Marvin Lewis, because you know, I mean, they always had talent. Offensively, Cincinnati always had talent. You know, they always had pass catchers. You know, Andy has thrown to you know uh, you know Chad Johnson a little bit, AJ Green. You know, Andy, <laughs> Andy has some pass catchers, man. So, um, so yeah, you know, we got he's pretty much the best backup in the in, in the NFL because he's never been a backup until now. He's a career nine year starter. That's what Andy Dalton is. That's who he is. Um, I don't think he's a scrub by any stretch of the imagination. I think Andy Dalton is pretty damn good, to be honest with you. Um, he was in he was in Cincinnati. I mean, who the fuck is in a good situation in Cincinnati? It's Cincinnati. <laughs> Cincinnati made Carson Palmer look all right. You know what I mean? And Carson people people do not understand how gifted Carson Palmer was. But Indiana, uh, not Indiana, but in Cincinnati, he was good. He was damn good. But it's just like you got to think like, man, if you can't like win, can't win big with, with, with fucking Carson Palmer, then I don't know what to tell you, you know. Uh, so, but yeah, um, you know, I don't know how the offense is going to look. To be honest, I mean, I think it's going to, well, I think it's going to look fine in terms of success. I think the offense will be very successful. Now, uh, on the flip side of that, on how they're going to achieve that success, that may look a little bit different. Now, when it comes to Andy Dalton and Dak, here's what I'll say. Andy Dalton's more experienced, of course. Uh, like I said, he was a, he went to five straight playoffs once upon a time. Um, like I said, he didn't win anything. But I think Andy Dalton has more experience, or he's just better at throwing, probably throwing the deep ball better than Dak. Um, on a consistent basis. Only because you got to look at what Andy Dalton had in his... I mean, he's used to throwing the ball to A.J. Green for most of his career. So, if you can't throw the deep ball and you got A.J. Green, that's a problem. So, I think Andy... um, And what I mean by throwing the deep ball, you know, Dak can throw the deep ball... He can throw the deep ball really good. But I think... um, Let me rephrase it. Not throwing the deep ball better... I think Andy is not going to leave plays on the field when it comes to, to going deep. That is a lot of people's issue with Dak. He can sometimes be conservative, which sounds, which sounds crazy because, I mean, you know, if you look at his numbers, it looks like anything but conservative. But um, it's only because we were playing behind. But um, so Dak had an issue with leaving players on the field, or that's the issue that people have with him. I don't think Andy Dalton will do that with this offense. This is the best offense Andy Dalton's ever played with in his life. Um, a lot of people if they play with this Cowboy squad. It'll be the best offense they ever played with in their life. So I think um, I think with Andy's experience, I think uh, I think the Cowboys still be successful. I, I think I, I think we'll be successful still. Um, will we be better? Yet to be seen. Yet to be seen. We'll see. Um, How will Dak return, though? That's the next question. I think um, Yeah, there's no way to tell with a compound fracture, uh, with that type of injury. He's playing the most physical game in the world. Um, Alex Smith made it back. I'll say that much. I think Dak will come back fine. I think he'll be motivated. Usually the compound fracture injuries are always – Gruesome and scary, but they heal, they literally mend. Um, you know, Gordon Hayward is back. Um, you know, Paul George is back. Actually, the best years of Paul George's career have been post um, compound fracture injury he had in 2014, 15. Um, so yeah, he's had the best years of his career post that injury. Um, so, so yeah, I think Dak will return. I think he'll be, I think he'll be better. I think mentally, um, I think mentally he'll be in a different state. I think he'll be highly, highly motivated because no one—I mean, people love Dak, you know—but no one really believes in Dak. And I think he wears that, he wears it on his pads, and um, you know, because um, every time he does something, you know, he throws a 500 yards. Like, oh well, they were playing from behind. But nobody asked why they were playing from behind. They're playing from behind because their defense can't stop a nosebleed. Can't stop a nosebleed. Can't hold water. It's ridiculous. You know, so um, um, I think that'll be – I think that'll play a, a big part in uh, how he comes back mentally. I think he will be extremely motivated. And if anybody can come back from this, I think it's Dak Prescott. He's just a big, strong dude. Um you know, he's a well-built human being. Like Dak is, you know, he's 6'2", 245 pounds, not a lot of fat. Um, I think, he, I think mentally, he'll attack this training to uh, to come back better um, than he ever was. <sighs> but also, with the franchise tag being in play and no long-term, no long-term contract being in play, could that possibly end up somewhere else? And uh, to be quite honest with you, I think Dak, you know, being a Cowboy supporter like myself, it, it, I hate to say it, but I think Dak will actually be better elsewhere. I think he'll be appreciated more elsewhere. And, uh, you know, one of the, Dak, I've been thinking this for about two years now, that um, when I watched Dak play, um, he oddly... His skill sets, you know, oddly resemble the skill sets that would fit perfectly with the New England Patriots. I think Dak and Bill Belichick would be a match made in heaven, to be honest with you, Um, which is frightening to me because I know he would only become better. Um, His development would go to a whole different level. Him and Josh, Mc, you know, Dak with Josh McDaniels, you know, that would take Dak to a whole different level. He would, he would be any e- elite, top five quarterback quickly, um, w- if he was in New England, getting tutelage from Josh McDaniels, or Bill Belichick. Um, the way he carries himself is New England esque. Uh, you know, press conference, post game, post game conferences, all that stuff, interviews. He's he's a man's man. He's about his business. You know he's straight up. He, you know the way he acts. You know he's a he acts like a New England guy, which isn't a bad thing. It's just basically saying this dude's one hell of a pro. It's a compliment. You know that's basically what that's saying. Um, from what we've been told about you know how New England you know how New England does things. So enough about Dak for now. Um, let's talk about uh, let's talk about Justin Herbert. Over there with the Chargers. I'm going to tell y'all right now. I was dead, slam, damn wrong about Justin Herbert. I just couldn't believe that some kid, this 6'6", still got acne. Like, boy, still got spots on his face. You think he about to lead the NFL franchise? <laughs> boy, still got acne. He's still breaking out like a, like a kid. You think he about to lead the NFL franchise? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's... it's <laughs> It's looking that way. Um, yeah, I was I was slam damn wrong about him. Dude, the ball, like straight up, like he is nice. Like, I I have I have nothing to say. I was wrong. I mean, 6'6, 240. I mean, he and he's oddly athletic for a 6'6, 240-pound white quarterback. <laughs> he's oddly, oddly athletic, and he has a cannon for arm. And he has thrown, he has shown to be very accurate. Throwing on the run, you know, throwing across his body. uh, You know, this dude, listen. (laughs) but, But also about this, Tyrod Taylor. Oh, my God. Tyrod Taylor has to have the worst NFL luck I have ever seen a quarterback have. Because he never loses his job because, you know, because he's not good. Tyrod Taylor has won like five NFL starting jobs and lost them all either to some, you know, to some crazy circumstance or just like this. His lung was punctured by their own team doctor right before the game. And then Justin Herbert comes in 300 yards later and four touchdowns later. Here we go. Like, this, this, this is going to be a 30-for-30. 30 30. If Justin Herbert turns out to be what it's looking like he's going to be, this is going to be one hell of a 30-30. 30-for-30. 30, 30 30. My God. This man got his start because the starting quarterback had bruised ribs. And on a procedure that NFL players say have went well 99% of the time, and that 1% of the time, this doctor punctured the lung of the quarterback, starting quarterback at the time, Tyrod Taylor, and in comes Justin Herbert. As I said, three hundred yards later, four touchdowns later, it's a hell of a story. It's like right out of a movie. It sucks for Tyrod though. It just is. It's like the. It's like the. It's like the fifth time this has happened to Tyrod. He's a starter. Something happens. Happened in Cleveland, happened in Buffalo. It's like, you know, it's it's just wild. You know, I don't I don't know I don't know how Tyrod will handle it mentally. I think um I mean, you know, Tyrod seems like a pretty resilient dude. I mean, it's happened to him already, you know. I think uh, you know, it's just at this time it's worse because he didn't even he didn't even get a chance really to to make an impression. You know, he didn't even get a chance to build up his body of work. He was robbed from him because a doctor chose to be in the 1% that day and puncture his lung. So, yeah, it's awful for Tyrod. But like I said, I was dead wrong about Justin Herbert. That oddly athletic, tall, white boy and quarterback can ball. He's just a good fucking quarterback. I mean, it's that that's 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 and and you got to look at who he's played against now <laughs> he's played he played against the chiefs the way he matched up against Patrick Mahomes was like you was looking like ah, shit you know he played just as good as Patrick Mahomes did today then 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 you go look at it he played against Tom Brady and he went crazy that game and you're like damn Brady played good but shit he he was right behind him you know then, yesterday, uh, then last night, Drew Brees, <laughs> he went to overtime with Drew Brees and had another great game, four touchdowns. So um, this dude, man, it's, it's not like he just came out to a cakewalk. You know, I mean, and, and yeah, they lost all of these games. They lost all of these games. But usually when you got a rookie quarterback and you're losing games, uh, those two things are peanut butter and jelly. Usually. Those things are peanut butter and jelly. Right now, it's odd that you can look at the charges and be like, damn, we got a rookie quarterback and we done lost four games straight, but he has absolutely nothing to do with it. Only other only other person I could feel only, only, only other person I could feel sorry for in the situation besides Tyrod Taylor is the head coach. He is the only other person that I could possibly feel sorry for, poor Anthony Lynn, got he got this job. You know he one of the few black head coaches. Oh, hell, is he the only one? You know him, Mike Tomlin, a few other. So you know he's one of the few black uh, head coaches, and um, it ain't looking too good for him right now. It it it, it just it it just is. Don't it, it's like. I can't, you can't look at him and be like, damn, this is bad because, you know, he drafted Justin Herbert, and Justin Herbert is looking very good up under him, so your, your future franchise quarterback with the coach that's drafting him it's looking damn good up under him, but on the flip side, you just lost four games in a row, all by a touchdown or less, when you start losing close games like that, that's where game management, coaching, and all that shit comes into play. You know that's when the intangibles come into play when you start losing that many games in a row, all back to back, all by a touchdown or less. That's where planning, um, pre- preparation during the game because you have to re prepare for uh, different situations as they present, present themselves in the game. So, all of that type of stuff that's where it comes into play with coaching. And uh, let's just be honest, he's already a black head coach, you know, he's already. He already got two strikes, you know. When it comes to uh, when it comes to what it takes for a coach to get fired, he already he already got two, you know. Let's just be honest. So, um, you know, if they don't if they don't improve and win more of these games, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it's gonna look like for. Um, I don't know what it's gonna look like for Anthony Lynn. Um, I hope the Chargers can find a way to uh, figure it out and win some games. And uh, you know, make Anthony Lynn look look a little bit better. But it is it's a, it's it's an interesting situation that he's in, because you know, uh, when you're a head coach, you draft a quarterback to be your franchise quarterback, and especially when it's a rookie. Um, when he starts looking good early and often, that is a career saver as a head coach. That is you couldn't ask for anything more than that, besides them damn wins that they not get. But. <laughs> Well, like I said, hopefully they'll, they'll figure it out. Anthony Lynn to keep his job. You know, um, and, and and with this being said, now, let's make no mistake. It was It was obvious that the quarterback search for the Chargers, that was, besides Tampa Bay with the talent they had, the Chargers was the ideal situation for a quarterback to want to fall into. And a rookie quarterback, you got to think, man, listen, you got a you got a nice running back. You got a two-headed monster at, at wide receiver. You got Keenan Allen, you got Mike Williams, you got a you got a defense. Oh my God, you got Joey Bosa. You got uh you got Melvin Ingram. I forgot the name of the uh you got Derwin James. You know, you got a good tight end. I mean, he fell he, uh Hunter uh what's his name? Uh I was about to call that boy uh Hunter Hurst Hems. they about to call him Triple H. Um, but, yeah, you got a good tight end. And uh, you're just looking at this you're like, man, like he fell into a hell of a situation in uh, in L.A. with the Chargers. So, you got to ask yourself, how would Joe Burrow look? Ooh. How would Tua look if he was playing right now with them? Ooh. You got to ask yourself these things now. Because for me, I think Joe Burrow would be lighting it up. 100% he would be lighting it up if he was playing for the Chargers right now. But, you know, for him, you know, if he make it to the end of the season, Joe Burrow might be on. Joe Burrow might finish this season with fucking uh, arthritis. Uh, boy, he, he getting, I'm telling you, God, Joe needed to come to the game with security. They start hitting his ass when he get off the plane. <laughs> he get off the bus. Then come around the corner, light his ass, boom, light him up. He ain't protected nowhere. Offensive line, we all go out to eat now. Y'all pay for your own shit. Matter of fact, y'all buy mine too. Shit, y'all do do something. You ain't protecting me. Buy my food too. Mm-hmm. You and him, four and five, both of y'all. Goddamn. Y'all ain't protecting me. Y'all better do something. Don't come to me with no rookie hazing. Goddamn. It. I get hazed during the game enough. Don't don't be asking me to, hey, you got to do your rookie stuff, pick up some donuts, and no, 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 fuck that, okay? (laughs) I'm not doing none of that shit, shit. Till y'all start protecting me on Sunday, all that rookie haze and shit, that shit is dead, hmm? What can y'all do for me? They say, we go out to eat as a team? I ain't paying for shit. Nope, I ain't paying for nothing. Y'all got y'all tab and mine. Know this. Feel sorry for old Joey up there getting his head whacked. but they're getting his head cracked. Good God. Y'all saw that video though. Joe said, I'm learning. That motherfucker slid. He said, no, nah, I'm learning. Yeah, y'all ain't gonna be beating up on me no more. I'm just sorry. As a if I was a line, I, I take pride in things that I do. You know, and it's just something about I, every time I see quarterbacks, you know, just get drilled on a consistent basis. And, you know, I see running backs getting handoffs and, you know, getting, you know, it, it's got to feel awful to get a handoff. Like, and right before you get the ball, you looking in Aaron Donald right in the eyes. And you ain't even got the ball yet. That's got to feel awful. But I always, always be, always think like, I wonder what that offensive lineman feels like. Knowing, like, I, I wonder what they feel like knowing that they're trash and it's like on display for the world to see because it just looks it just looks bad when when your quarterback and running back is just getting lit the fuck up you know when other people are getting hurt at your expense that's bad like <laughs> that has, that, has, that has to feel awful man that 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 just has to feel awful you know what i mean like you watch joe just get drilled and you're just looking at him sitting on the ground in pain and it's all your fault that has to feel terrible that would motivate me to be like like, I'm, that that would motivate me a whole lot if I was an offensive lineman. Anyway, on to Russell Dangerous Wilson. Dangerous Wilson. <sighs> he the best football player in the world currently. Currently. Through these five games. I got to break that down. Because Patrick Mahomes is, he, he, okay, let me rephrase this. That was poorly said. Patrick Mahomes is the best football player in the world. Russell Wilson is playing better than any quarterback in the world right now. Out of any quarterback in the NFL, no one is playing better than Russell Wilson. Although, Patrick Mahomes is just, he, he he's a bit of a cheat code. Patrick Mahomes is a, he's a his subpar play is A+ plus for a lot of guys. Just like Aaron Rodgers. His subpar play is A+ plus for a lot of guys. Because no other quarterback in the NFL can get hot for 3 minutes and score fucking 21 points besides Patrick Mahomes. He 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 can get hot for a 3 or 4 minute stretch. Literally 3 or 4 minutes. Like. If y'all if y'all don't know. 21 points in 3 or 4 minutes. That's good. For basketball. For football. That's just unheard of. But Patrick has done that. Many times. Many times. Although. Right now. Through 5 games. R- Russell Wilson. Best name smoke. In-. It's only because. You know. Russ got that Tim Duncan effect. you know what I mean? Silent, deadly, efficient. just you know, no one really talks about it. you know he not you know he got a few commercials, but you know he's not all on social media making it you know trying to make an effort to be known doing all this. He ain't doing none of that. He's showing up on Sunday, five touchdowns later, zero interceptions later, 300 plus yards later, a W later. Then you can talk about it. Outside of that, he ain't nowhere to be seen. And you know that's that's that. Like I said, that's that. That's that Tim Duncan effect. That sometimes it plays against him. He's quiet. He's efficient. He's a pro. You know, you know when you when you quiet, you efficient. You know when you're not. We when, you, when you don't get in trouble. When you ain't getting pulled over for DUIs. When you ain't you know. I hate to say this, but, you know, we know it's true. You're not, you know, we're not getting caught up in domestic violence, you know, with your wife or your girlfriend or some side chick and all this other type of crazy shit involved. It's boring. Pe- pe- people people forget about you. Like, you know, it's, it's boring to people, you know. Bullshit sells, you know. Sex, crime, negativity, all that shit sells. Russ has none of that associated with him. You know, so... That's why, you know, um, Patrick Mahomes is always going to be the forefront when it comes to quarterback talk, him, Tom Brady. And then you just look at it, you look at, you know, through three games, you know, this dude, Russell Wilson, is completing 72.8% of his passes. He's at 1,502 yards, 19 touchdowns, only three interceptions, and 130.1 quarterback rating. That is insane. And this is the first year, 100%. This is his offense. This is his team. There's no beast mode. There's no, it ain't no Legion of Boom no more. This is all Russell Wilson. He got control of the offense. He making it happen. And this is the result you get. He going crazy. (laughs) He going crazy, you know. Um, The Seahawks are 5-0. This is the best star they've ever had in the history of the franchise. And it's all because of Dangerous Wilson. Dude is a baller. You know, for years, people people didn't know. They was like, you know, either Russell Wilson's a little bit better than we think he is, and I've said this before, or Pete Carroll can coach a little bit better than we thought he could. And I thought it was a little bit of both for a while, but as time goes on, you know, and Pete Carroll is a hell of a coach, one of the best to ever do it on college level and the NFL. But, as time goes on, Russ is starting to, uh, it's, start, it's starting, to <laughs> you know, starting to be 60-40. You know, starting to be 60-40. So, you know, any of y'all that's seen Soulman, that would be hilarious to you. Anybody seen Soulman with Bernie Mac and uh, Samuel L. Jackson, that would be absolutely hilarious to y'all. It's starting to be 60-40, you know. <laughs> So, uh, in favor of Russ. But, uh, but yeah. Now, we ain't done talking about Russ. We know who he is. Russ is killing it right now. He the man. You know, he's playing better than any quarterback in the NFL. But let's talk about my favorite team in the NFL. I mean, th- listen. Th- I, th- this is about to be... This is the most entertaining team in, in the goddamn NFL. Hands down. Okay? My favorite team to watch. Not who I'm a fan of. But I will never... Mind you, I want y'all to listen to me. I will never miss an Atlanta Falcons game. I will never miss that. Do you know how exciting it is to see a team go up 30? Hmm? 30 and throw it all away in less than 10 game minutes. Do you know how exciting it is to watch that shit? And then watch it again the next week. And then watch it again the next week. (laughs) That shit is must-see TV. You understand? You get a chance to watch a team get up 20 to 30 points every week and then lose. (laughs) Every single week. (laughs) Let me tell y'all something. I will never miss another Atlanta Falcons game this year. That shit ain't happening. I'm, I may I may miss I may miss a Cowboy game before and I'm and that's my team that's my squad I may miss that game before I miss I'm not missing an Atlanta Falcons game I'm gonna watch that debacle that implosion I'm I'm gonna watch that I'm gonna watch that that shit is oddly satisfying like I like in in the Bears game I wanted the Bears to win so bad. So bad only because for some reason when the Falcons get up 30, they still come out on first down and throw and throw nine routes and eight routes. Like why are y'all throwing flies and, and and fucking post corners and post route? Why are y'all throwing these deep balls on first and second down and y'all up 30? Like y'all don't have Todd fucking gurley I, for the life of me. I do not understand what their obsession is with throwing throwing the football being up 30 goddamn points in a football game. You get up 30, you get up 20 plus points in a football game and and it's third quarter? That's it, bro. If you manage the game properly with common sense, that is it. Good night. This ain't the NBA 20 points usually don't happen in a few minutes unless you Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> it usually don't happen that way unless you Patty Ice, you know. But, you know, he's an anomaly. Everybody ain't like that. Everybody ain't built like that. You know what I'm saying? But 20 to 30 points in the third quarter and you and you got Todd Gurley? She Hand it off. Hand it off. Check down. Screen pass. Hand it off. Hand it off. Deep ball in between, no, not them. Them motherfuckers come out deep ball, 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 deep ball. The fuck is wrong with y'all, man? And it took y'all this long to fire Dan Quinn. It took y'all. So listen, Dan Quinn was the same coach during the Patriots situation. That that's what I'm referring to it as. He was the coach during during, during the Patriots situation, 28-3 situation. He was the coach during that historical moment in time, for the Patriots anyway. It took them five weeks and five blown leads, or four. I'm going to say five because it sounds more dramatic. It took them that long to figure out that he wasn't the guy. Us sitting at home, they watch sports all the time, they watch the NFL. We knew this shit years ago. (laughs) Years ago is when we figured this out. Years ago, mainly 2017. (laughs) Okay? Years ago is when we figured this shit out. And lo and behold, he just now got fired at the starting 0-5. Like, after the Cowboy game? That's it. We ain't got nothing else to talk about. See you Wouldn't want to be ya. That's it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. And get your papers, cuz. It's time for you to go. You understand? It's time for you to go. You give up 30 plus points in a quarter and a half? And he made it to week five. Shit is beyond me. And, and I also hate it for Todd Gurley because it's like, it's Todd Gurley, and I mean, like my God, like I thought for a while. You know, uh, when he played, when he played for the Rams, Sean McVay, Sean McVay, he, you know, he wasn't. I don't know what happened, but he, he, after that first year, where it was clearly Todd's team, clearly, clearly Todd's team, clearly the best player on the team. Even before he left, when he wasn't getting as many reps, Todd Gurley was still the best player on the goddamn football team but when you're a running back and you don't touch the ball it's hard to be effective it's hard to have great numbers it's hard it's hard to affect the game if you don't touch the ball it's hard hard meaning literally impossible <laughs> if you don't touch the ball so he went from a, he went from being you know one of the best running backs in the NFL to yeah he has some injuries but as i said it's hard to impact the game if you don't touch the ball um so he went from Getting all these touches, focal point of the offense, to watching a a beatless quarterback and Jared Goff throw the ball sixty times. He had a game last year against the Buccaneers where Jameson then beat him fifty-five to something. He threw the ball sixty-nine times. A team with a top-notch running back, a team with Todd Gurley on it the ball sixty nine times. That's bad, coach. I don't I don't give a fuck what the situation is. Then he come. Todd comes to Atlanta. He comes to Atlanta. Okay, you know I'm coming back where I went to school at. And lo and behold, the same. He watching the same shit happen. It's like y'all went out and got me for what? First down. That that's that's my down. That should be t- every down. You know, more more than not, you know, if you if you give me 10 first downs, that should be Todd Gurley's down five to six times. And I'm not meaning just straight up run up the gut, throw in some sweeps, throw in some screen passes, throw in some check downs to him, hand the ball off, you know, put him in a slot a little bit because he can he can catch that good. You know, so, I mean, it's like, like dog, like you, you, you gotta, you gotta get them involved. But no, they just want to go deep every single play. And now, now it's tossed to trading Julio. See, a little tossed about them trading Julio. I hope they do. Good God for Julio's sake, I hope they do. Atlanta don't deserve. him. Atlanta don't deserve. him. I hope he get out of there so bad, so bad. Lo and behold, he goes to New England. That just seem it just seems like people just love to give New England good players. I—I I, I don't know what it is really, but people just—people just love to—to to help them—to help them win. I—I—for I, the life of me, I've never understood this. Like people enjoy, like you know, everybody hates—everybody hated Tom Brady when he was with New England. They still do, but it's like—I mean, shit. What the fuck y'all hated for? Some of y'all favorite teams giving them good fucking players. I mean, what, what, what's? <laughs> Yeah, y'all helping his success just as much as as him and Bill Belichick is. You know? Lo and behold, he goes to New England. hope not. Now, latest news about the fouls, they're talking about trading uh, Matt Ryan. Arthur Blank came out and said, nah, I don't think you're the guy. I mean, you know, I think Matt Ryan nice. I just think that he doesn't need to be the guy that ultimately decides the game like a hundred percent and that's that's what they're trying to do. Um yeah, I don't think he needs to be that guy. But I think Matt Ryan nice as hell though. I do. That's just me, you know. Um the Falcons like people don't understand how much game plan and scheme goes into the quarterback success. You know, um no quarterback is gonna say (laughs) no quarterback is gonna turn down a chance to throw the ball at every play. Ain't no quarterback saying no to that shit. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's tough. You know, you come out and say, you know, we going deep on first down. You like, oh shit! The quarterback, I'm like, nah, we ain't doing that. You know. Although the ones that the ones that say no, those are the great ones. Those are the great ones. You know, um, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. You know. Russell Wilson's one of those guys that, you know, um, as you can see now, he has control of the offense, you know. Um, He's one of those guys that, you know, kind of puts winning over just wanting to, you know, put up some crazy stats and just, you know, throw the ball every fucking play, you know. Um, He's one of those guys that that, that prioritizes winning football games any way possible, no matter how it looks. It just so happened that this year it looks like him (laughs) balling. You know, um, but that's the way the see how made. But, um, but yeah, back to Matt Ryan, um, Arthur Blaine doesn't think he's the guy. Um, that's fine. Um, uh, I think they need to blow it up. Uh, this, this shit has ran its course. It's almost, it's been almost 10 years. It's ran its course. Um, um, so yeah, um, I think they should blow it up. I think they should, you know, trade everybody away, get their value, because you, you're going to get some great fucking value for Julio Jones. You're going to get some great fucking value for Matt Ryan if you want to trade him. So, um, yeah, I think they should do it. I think they should do it sooner than later. And put. they're already 0-5. They're already 0-5. So if you're going to do it, do it now, like, quickly. And then you're going to be in a position to get uh, sunshine. You know, you know, be in a position to get Trevor Lawrence or Trey Lance, you know. Boy, from North Dakota State, which is, uh, boy, they putting out some quarterbacks. <clears throat> Even though Carson Wentz, boy, I don't know, he might need contacts or something, but you know, that's, that's neither here nor there for y'all, some of y'all Eagle fans that might be listening. Mm-hmm. I remember they used to always, who's better between him and that? Yeah, that conversation's a whole lot different now. <laughs> whole lot different. Um, the Cleveland Browns, 4 and 1. Who would've ever thunk it? The Cleveland Damn Browns. Four and one. I never liked the Browns just because they named their franchise after a damn color. Like what's your mascot? Why is your mascot a dog when your name is the Browns? Whatever. That's why what I, I just don't like them. You know, they their uniforms are ugly. You know, they're they're called the Browns, which is the worst color in the spectrum. Like, and then like their mascots are dogs. Doll- Whatever. <clears throat> although I I, although I do want... I want the Browns to do well. They got a few players I'm a fan of. You know, Odell Beckham, of course. Jarvis Landry. Um, you know, Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt. Go on and on. Obviously, because they have some of the most talent in the fucking league. Uh, when it comes to just roster talent, they're like top five. So, uh, them being four and one. Something is working. Something is working. Now... Baker Baker's playing all right. You know he got 976 yards. You know he's not you know blowing the top off and nothing like that. Nine touchdowns, four interceptions through uh through five weeks. You know he's he's just playing all right. But um, he's you know he's he's not throwing deep. Six point seven yards per attempt. You know you know check me down, check me down. Sixty two point six percent completion rate. Um, his connection with Odell has has improved. Uh, Of course, you want your quarterback and the best wide receiver to be like peanut butter and jelly, but for some reason that's just not working. Uh, A lot of that is to do with Baker. Um, He struggles after his first read. Um, You make Baker go into his second and third read, it's most likely going to be an interception. Well, he's going to try to create some shit and, you know, going to realize the hard way that he's not Lamar Jackson with his legs, although Baker can run. I think Baker has talent. I just don't think that... um, I, I think Baker is immensely talented, like just football talent. But as far as being a quarterback, you know, that's a whole different story in between the ears of what it takes to be a quarterback. You know, uh, it's not that he's stupid because I don't think he's stupid either. I just think that fit matters. And I don't know that he fits for what they want to do. You know, it's, it's hard to have. Listen, you got Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, David and Joku, Fucking uh, Austin Hooper, like you got pass catches like that, man. It's gonna be pressure on you. Like, like if you're not like right now, he only has 976 yards with those with those pass catches I just named. That's terrible for the pass catches that he has. That's awful for the pass catches that he has. If you know, if everything's going right, if the sky's blue, if it's sun out you on the beach in Miami. If everything is going right, he should have about 15-1600 passing yards easy. Now, that's a place that if I if I hear that Matt Ryan and Julio Jones is if I hear Matt Ryan and Julio Jones getting traded if I'm the Browns, my ears are wide fucking open. Mainly for Matt Ryan. Mainly for Matt Ryan. Because you know, having Julio would be, you know, trading, you know, trading Julio maybe for Odell some picks, you know, that would be great, but it doesn't matter if Baker throwing him the ball. Like people understand this. Like, you know, what they what for what Cleveland has right now, if Cleveland has an elite level quarterback, you are looking at a, a 12, 12 and 4, 13 and 3 potential team. If they have an elite quarterback, like you know, I mean, hell, I can. You throw in Matt Stafford in Cleveland, you're looking at 12 and four. You throw in Matt Ryan, you're looking at 12 and four. Like it's a lot of quarterbacks you can throw in at Cleveland, you know, that are going to make, they're going to make the right football plays to make this team like really, really good, and the offense really explosive, because this offense is supposed to be explosive with what they have. I ain't even mentioned um, um, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, who I think is better than Nick Chubb, but I ain't even mentioned them two. And Kareem Hunt is one of the best pass-catching backs in the NFL, if y'all didn't catch his rookie season with Patty Mahomes. He's like that. So, yeah, for Baker, you know, like I said, hey, if if they end up, you know, if I'm Cleveland, I'm on the phone. I'm sorry, that's just me. If I'm Cleveland, I'm on the phone. I will give you Baker Mayfield for Matt Ryan and some picks. Bold move. They probably won't do it. Only because the Browns are 4-1 and, and it's t- it's taking so much. It- you don't want to make any more changes. The Browns' issue is changing too fucking much. That's their issue. So, you don't want to do that in the middle of the season when you're 4-1. So, if, it, if this situation potentially stretches to the offseason, yeah, I would definitely do it there. I would definitely do it there. And I'm oh, and my guy, speaking of trades, I'm sorry. Well, not sorry because the Browns are actually I'm sorry right now. But speaking of more trades, yeah, actually I was right. Yeah, speaking of trades on sorry teams, because I was talking about, uh, you know, the Falcons trading uh Matt Ryan. Um Le'Veon Bell. Woo. I'm just talking about trading him. He's been sorry as hell ever since he went to the Jets. His fault? No. He played for the Jets. They have no offensive line. I mean, he's he's 53rd yards per rush out of 54 running backs for over 100 rushes. 3.3 yards per rush. His longest rush is 19 yards, which is tied for 52nd out of 54 running backs. He's been god-awful. But, like I said, it's not, you know, most of that, we're not fools here. Most of that is it, it's the Jets. And moreover, on, on the Browns, particularly with Baker Mayfield, so they still need to run um, the offense through Chubb and Hunt. That should be the boat. That should be like, you know, that should be like 55% of the offense. Um, but talking about that quick Le'Veon Bell bit and just looking at the Jets uh, here, this made me realize something. I still believe the Browns should have taken Sam Darnold and they would have been better off for it. Sam Darnold is better than Baker Mayfield. He's more talented than Baker Mayfield. Has a better arm than Baker Mayfield. Sam Darnold plays for the worst organization in, maybe in sports. Maybe in sports. Sam Darnold has made some some Patrick Mahomes type throws this year across his body, running. Running to the left, throwing right to the back of the end zone. To the right side of the back of the end zone on the money. He's made a few throws like that. Like this year, like ridiculous throws on the run, deadly accurate. Like Sam Darnold is nice and he's young, but he's in an awful, and I mean a God-awful situation with the Jets. Terrible. I think I think Sam Darnold with the Browns, I think he would still be 4-1. Shit, it might be 5-0, oh, who knows? But I think he would definitely be 4-1. Definitely be 4-1. If it's one thing that Sam can do better than Baker, he he can Sam can throw the deep ball. Sam has the ability to throw the deep ball, but you know, if you if you don't know how important it is, how important fit and uh, and organization, um, having an organ, uh, you know, a have franchise having organization from top to bottom, having things in order to build. Properly around a franchise, your young franchise quarterback. If you don't understand how important that is, then you probably won't believe that. You probably won't believe Sam Darnold is like, like really, really good because he is. But as I said, he plays for the worst run franchise, maybe in sports, and obviously glaring, like the, the painfully obvious, <laughs> the worst coach in the NFL, Adam Gase. Who, for some odd reason, eyes always look like two burnt holes in a sheet. Somebody tell me, what the fuck is that about? Why is he always looking like that? His eyes always look like he's seeing someone behind you. Like, why is his eyes always like that? That shit frightens me. you need to test him. You understand? I know what can make your eyes look like that. I ain't gonna, I ain't going you know, I ain't making an no accusation. But I know what can make your eyes look like that. You know? can't buy that shit in the store, but I know it would make y'all look like that. <clears throat> All right. Now, this is something. This next topic is something that, you know, I've seen. Uh, the next topic is something I've seen a few weeks ago. Conor McGregor wants to fight Manny. Is fighting Manny Pacquiao? My God. My God. This is a money grab you know what i'm saying and it's just like i don't know what connor is really think well i know what connor's thinking about connor connor's a businessman now you know what i mean He's he, he's you know he got his own liquor he got his own clothing line august mcgregor you know he's he's doing good in business you know he got you know you see him on his commercials now with his uh, liquor the uh, proper whiskey uh you know and uh he's doing good as a businessman and that's what he wants to do and i don't think connor has many aspirations of fighting in the UFC again. Um, it's just, it's just so he realizes like after that fight, well, even before the fight, fight with Floyd, which is why he got it in the first place, he realized how much money, more money it is in boxing and count about his bread, period. We know this. The man is about his money. He wants to be like Floyd Mayweather. He's showing that. <laughs> he's showing that. And he's trying to build that, you know, and and um, I think even more even more so after that fight with Floyd That's what really sparked it. He was like nah, I can make this much money in one night The UFC ain't gonna pay this amount of money for, for shit, you know Dana 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 be tripping about this be tripping about that so This is a money grab for Connor. He knows it, you know, and uh, the, 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 the 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 whole listen <laughs> this all ties in you know, it, and it's wild because uh, Floyd mentioned about how people would just make money off his name. And that's exactly what this is going to be about. Let me tell you something, Connor is smart. So, by fighting Manny Pacquiao, knowing that Manny fought Floyd Mayweather five years ago and lost to him. Knowing that, knowing that Connor also fought Floyd. You see where this is going? So, it's like, it is no way doing this publicity that he's not going to bring up Floyd in the fight. He'll take, even though Floyd won the fight, Conor will go on Instagram and he'll take a picture from the fight. He'll take a a frozen steel pic of Manny probably sticking Floyd in the jaw and he'll freeze it. He'll say something crazy like, this will never happen to me or yada, yada, yada. You got punk this, punk bitch that, whatever. He'll say some shit like that. It'll get a million likes. Um, Floyd probably won't respond. Actually, no, Floyd is petty. He'll respond. And, uh, you know, that that steam will get going, and then you bring the Pacquiao into it, and it's like, you know, I'm going to be Pacquiao worse than you did, yada, 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 which we all know isn't going to happen. Um, but the money and the circus that he can generate around this fight is going to be crazy. I mean, the hell, this is probably going to be the biggest payday manager ever had in his life, besides when he fought Floyd Mayweather. So, but the thing about it is that I don't know if because like I said, for we know for Connor, this is 100% publicity money grab. 100%. He's not seriously thinking he's going to get in this ring and beat Manny Pacquiao. Manny will kill him between those ropes. The only, like people understand, Floyd Mayweather just makes you look normal because of how keen, how you know, how keen he is defensively. He's the smartest, he's, he's, he's the most cerebral boxer to ever put gloves on. And I mean, he is cerebral. You understand? He knows his surroundings, the timing. He knows everything in that ring. And saying that he's the most cerebral boxer in that ring ever, that's a lot. That that, that means a whole lot because there's been some very, very smart boxers. But Floyd has seemed to master the science of, like, actually boxing. Like, what it means to box. Not brawl. Not none, of, not none of this crazy stuff. He he ain't trying to be in there bleeding and winning because, you know, it's no like, you know, it's it doesn't it just doesn't feel like a win, you know. But fans on the outside don't like Floyd simply because fans are fans, you know, fanatics, or what have you want to call it. Fans want to see blood. They want to see people eyes dropping in the ring. They want to see chaos as a boxer. Any boxer, he don't want that shit in the ring when he's in the ring. You talk to any fighter, any ain't no fighter trying to leave the fight with their face fucked up. That's the whole point. The point is for me to hit you and you not hit me. <laughs> that is the point. You understand? From a boxer's point of view, from a fan's point of view, that ain't really it. Now, some boxers, sociopaths, they just don't care. Uh, Manny Pacquiao happens to be one of those sociopaths when it comes to boxing that has an extremely high offensive skill set. And I mean prop. Offense, probably top five ever. (laughs) Easily top five ever Manny Pacquiao when it comes to offensive skill set and fighting. It is ridiculous. And his power. Like, my God, the man hits like a heavyweight. His power. And his chin. Manny got one of the toughest chins ever in boxing. Ever. Except for that one time. You know, we we don't know what happened that one time. I don't know what happened that one time. But anyway, I don't think, you know, uh, Manny isn't the type of guy that just, Manny wouldn't be fighting this long if all he cared about was like, you know, you know he, he can make money. He has money. Manny has, he has a fuck ton of money, shit ton of money and power, mind you. He has both and respect. <laughs> Damn. Manny completed the whole circle. He got money, power, and respect. A lot of all three of those things. So it it for me to think that Manny, you know, is doing it just for a money grab, you know, because that, that's that's not who Manny lines up It's not who his personality, that's not what his personality lines up with. This dude's a fighter, you understand? Every time he get in the ring, he thinking about he thinking about his people. Like this dude is a fighter. Like, like he fought his way. I mean, um, Colin McGregor did too. But Manny just, Manny's situation was so crazy that he fought himself out of with his hands. That's not the type of dude, that's not the type of motherfucker you want to get in the ring with. For a money grab? Like, listen, I'm gonna tell you right now. If, because you know, just fighting for a money grab, that ain't what Manny do. (laughs) Manny when Manny gonna fight you, he's looking for a challenge. He loves to just fight. You understand? any type of person you want to fight. So, unless they have some type of behind the scenes agreement like, you know, we been doing this for the money, yada, yada yada. Unless they have that which would be disappointing more for the way I view Manny and him just being a pro and a boxer. It would be more disappointing from that standpoint. It's expected from Connor uh with the mindset that he has now, he just wants to make money. But unless they got something like that, you know, then I don't know. But if they don't and I hope they don't. Manny is gonna listen. There will be blood. You understand? And it ain't gonna be Pacquiao's. Like I, I, to me, I don't know. Connor could have chose somebody else. I mean, I mean, he chose Manny. I mean, I, I was about to say Triple G, but that that shit just wouldn't happen. But that's who he lines up with as far as size. Uh, that's who kind lines up with, but you know, fighting Manny is just—that's just insane. And bigger, bo- bigger people don't do well against Manny Pacquiao. All these bigger fighters that fought Manny. Thought that it was going to be, you know, like Antonio Margarito. He retired Antonio Mar. Like we ain't heard from Margarito since. I mean, well, Margarito's a thug. He a gangster, a real thug, a real gangster. You understand? <laughs> you read a few. You read a few things on Margarito. You know what I'm saying? Like Antonio Margarito, he has some other shit going on. But Manny also put the cherry on top of that. Like, bro, look, you're done. He beat this man out of boxing. Margarito had both eyes closed, cheekbones swollen. He beat the living hell out of Margarito. Margarito like five, six inches taller than this dude. So, you know, just just because, you know, the, the, the whole bigger boxer thing, no. Manny loves fighting bigger boxers. He destroys bigger boxers. The speed, the head movement he has, it's not ideal for a bigger boxer. And plus the power that he can generate. It's not ideal for a bigger boxer. Conor McGregor better be doing a thousand abs right now. Right now, a day. He better have abs. Uh, he better have a core of fucking steel because man ain't going to break it along with his jaw. You know, it, uh, for me, like I said, there's so many other people that it's so many other people that that you could have just, that, that, that you could have fallen. But my god, you chose Manny Pacquiao. I mean, like I said, you know, some it's some money here to be made, no doubt. But that shit's going to come with a price cuz if Manny stepping in the ring with the same mindset and intensity that he has just for any for any other fight, yeah, that 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 shit that shit's going to come with a price. A rough price on Conor McGregor's uh, side, you know. So, I don't know we shall see. Now, before we get into the next topic, I'm going to take a quick break real quick and inform you guys about Anchor.fm, which is um where I'm, it's the platform that I use to do my podcast. So um I'm going uh, to tell you guys a few things about Anchor and I'll be right back with you shortly. All right, we back. Time to close it out with the last topic of the day, which will in turn be the most controversial, the most critiqued. Oh my God! And this topic is about LeBron damn James. And man, I'm all, I'm already ducking. I'm in this, I'm in my own house. I'm already ducking You know, you start talking about LeBron Boy, motherfuckers come after you Not even talking bad about him Just bring up his name Like it's a window where I do my podcast in this room I'm looking at my chest Make sure I ain't got no red dots on my shit <clears throat> Woo Alright fuck around and close these blinds Bring up this topic, boy I get nervous <clears throat> So LeBron One of the best to ever do it Mount Rushmore top three ever to do it maybe top two to ever do it top two he has been I mean I can't even put in the words like LeBron's like impact I think sometimes it gets people just people don't understand like his impact on the game the world like literally the fucking world you know his impact uh outside of basketball you know um i don't think anyone has been what he is as far as his image how colossal he is i mean jordan was that way um you know if 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 he had been instagram and snapchat and all this and all this shit bro when when jordan was jordan oh my god man it, it, it's it's, it's it's no telling. Like he was he was all of that without without fucking social media. He was all that without social media. Like which is just straight up crazy. Like Jordan would probably be online with The Rock, having like the being like the first person to get two hundred million followers. Like Jordan would probably be around there or more. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it, it would be ridiculous. You know, and uh, it's just you know. That's just the fate of uh, that Jordan had of playing, in, uh, playing, playing without technology. But anyway, let's get into this, okay? Because this is this, the this shit everybody want to talk about. LeBron got four rings, okay? He got one more than three. He got four rings, baby. Laker Nation, got him a championship in two years. But I'm just here because I just want to critique a few things which actually has nothing to do with LeBron James. Um, a lot of this has to do with LeBron's fan base, which is why I said I'm looking for red dots and shit, because, you know, uh, if you're a LeBron supporter, LeBron fan, then, you know, um, if you're offended, be offended. I really don't give a damn because it's true. Um, a lot of this is about his fan base, which can be flat-out frightening, Like, it's almost the same situation like a lot of people don't like Beyonce, or it's some people that don't like Beyonce because of how hard her fan base goes for her, which is also quite annoying. Alright? But that has nothing to do with Beyonce. It ain't her fault. You know what I'm saying? It's like, ain't got nothing to do with her, you know? That's why I say it, 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 it was, you know, this whole conversation, like, with LeBron and Jordan, LeBron and Kobe, yada, yada, yada. So, a lot of a lot of this is his fan base fault. A, a lot of y'all, it's a lot of y'all like you know, some people listen, it's a lot of y'all fault. Um, you know, for one, um, some of the pressure that he has was created by some of his own fans. You gotta realize, bro, it's some of y'all out there that before he even won anything, like it was people calling him the best player ever ten years ago. Like that's fucking madness like are y'all crazy like <laughs> like are y'all crazy Kobe was fresh off a championship in 2010 people was calling LeBron the best player of all like then like better than Jordan better than Jordan people was calling him the best player of all time which is which is uh, frighteningly disrespectful and oddly stupid. Like 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 who who the fuck is that? Like, like who who doesn't whose basketball or sports acumen is like that low to like not even let a player like get a ring first before like to call him the GOAT? But it's some people like that. All of y'all not like that, but it was people like that. And uh the number of people like that is is more than I it's more than I would uh would uh want to admit. But um let's talk about this. Let's talk about game five. Now that he's won the ring, it's all over. It's said and done. Game six wasn't close. You know, blowout for most of it. You know, the Lakers had to lead handily for most of that game and closed it out. Easy day. Miami Heat never had a chance. Um, uh, they would have. They would have had a better chance. You know, if they been. They wouldn't have been. You know. You know, kind of. It, they, they were pretty banged up. Let's be honest. You know, um, Jimmy Butler was just flat out tired. Bam Adebayo, you know he was banged up. Gordon didn't even play, um, so yeah. And Gordon was actually their leading scorer. He didn't play, so you know, I mean, uh, who knows what it would have been like? You know, if Gordon had a played and they weren't banged up, but yeah, I don't, it wouldn't have made a difference. It may have been more exciting, but the end result would have changed. LeBron James would have. They just have nobody for LeBron James. When you're a small forward, it's is the, the is bigger than everybody for the opposing team. I mean, come on. Like, like, <laughs> Bam, like, he's big. Bam is a five. He is bigger than Bam. They're the same height, man. And Bron obviously, is bigger than Bam at a bio. Like, more athletic. Like, he's, like, and he's a small, fool. you know what I mean? So, you know, size, when you're that large, like, or when the other team is that small, you uh, know, and you're as big as you are, like, yeah, you're gonna, you, you're gonna fucking, average 12 rebounds like you better you know what I'm saying Um, but yeah let's get into game 5 right because this was a topic that was just going crazy and it got out of hand this question did LeBron make the right play at the end of the game to Danny Green yeah theoretically yes but no he did not make the right fucking basketball play and I'm going to tell you guys why okay This is the second time he's done this. Or not second. He's done this plenty of times. And it never, throughout his entire career, most of the time when he makes the quote-unquote correct basketball play, he's in a press conference after a loss uh, uh, talking about how he always trusts his teammates and he made the right basketball play. Like Something correlates there. Most of the time when he makes the quote-unquote correct basketball play, It never fucking works in his favor or the team's favor. That's, that's one, two. The reason why that was not the right basketball play. When LeBron got the ball inbound, he had 40 points and he was, he, y'all watched the game. Motherfucker couldn't miss. He, He had 40 points. He was going ham. He was going crazy. He gets the game. I mean, he gets the ball. And it just, it, 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 pained me because he had it made up in his mind when he caught it, that he wasn't shooting the last shot. He had it made up in his mind. The second he caught that ball, he knew before it got inbounded. he knew when he touched it, he was passing it 100%. And that's the type of shit that the, the like he, like that was the, that was the moment. That was it. That was, it was, it was game five. You up 3-1, you win this game, it's a ring, that's it. Like, that was the moment. That was the LeBron. I'm about to hit this shot, walk off the motherfucking floor, just like Jordan did in game six, yada yada, just like you know, other guys, you know, that was the moment. Like, I'm I'm angry because I wanted to see it. Everyone wanted to see it. You know what I mean? And with, with with sitting at 40 points and 16 seconds left at the end of the game, when you down, you either down a, you either tied or down by one, that is a fucking eternity to figure out what your next move is in basketball. Because if any of you don't know basketball move motherfucking quick, okay? Five seconds can be a long time in the right situation in basketball. 16 seconds with, with LeBron, with the ball in LeBron James' hands? Like, dude, you LeBron James. You are the best option. You are the best basketball play. You're the best player on the floor by a landslide. Like the the best opposing player is Jimmy Butler who is a B-list star who is out of gas who is, who is smaller than you slower than you weaker than you less skilled than you and on top of that Out of gas. Tired as fuck. And you had that man one-on-one, the top of the key, with 16 seconds on the clock. Now, here's where everybody's like, well, man, if he would have shot on four people, relax. Okay? Relax. Calm down. No one's asking LeBron to shoot on four people. You see? Because I know that's what people are thinking. You want him to shoot on four people? No, I don't want him to shoot on four people. I don't want him to shoot on four people. I want him to shoot on Jimmy Butler. (laughs) I want him to ice Jimmy Butler is what I want to do. Which is 100%. It was 100% doable. If he wouldn't have got the ball and just drove prematurely, just straight beeline, like, when he got the ball, he knew he could get Danny Green open, and then the fate of the world is no longer on his shoulders we're, we're we 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 I got 40 points, but the fate of, but I'm going to put the fate of the world on Danny Green. Get the fuck out of here, man. Let's be honest with ourselves. Okay. We're not doing that. Get the ball. You're at the top of the key. Just relax for a second. Size Jimmy Butler up. He had plenty of time to relax, size him up, let that clock run down, and boom, get a bucket or win at the free throw line. Because that's the only two, only two things that's going to happen. <laughs> either he either Lebron's gonna get a bucket, or they was gonna have to foul him. He's too big, too fast, too strong. When he gets in that paint, you have to foul him. Free throw line below, you better foul him. Goddammit, because yeah, it, it's not—it's it's not, it's not gonna be anything you can do. Win at the line, bro. Like, like I—I I, I don't like—I don't want to see a game with when Danny Green, when you know. It, it just didn't, it didn't have to happen that way. That's my issue with the ending of game five. You know, it didn't have to happen that way. Like I said, it's all null and void. It's null and, it's null and void. They got a ring. It, that, that situation didn't present itself again because, you know, they, they led the whole time. They led the whole time in game six. No pressure, easy day. Get your W, get your ring. Smoke your cigar, live it up. You the man. You got four of them things. Four. Got four of them things. Almost got a glove. And he'll probably get a glove. But yeah, I just that's something I had to address because I saw so many people online and on, on social media talking crazy. You know, like, yo, last shot, this or that. And it, what really what really angers me is the people that bash Danny Green. Like, because he just it didn't have to go that way. If LeBron would have just got that ball, if he would have got that ball and, si- and sized him up, you know, because yeah, Danny Green is not—he can shoot, but Danny Green is not like a, He's not. Danny Green is one of those guys. Like he can shoot, but he hasn't turned himself into the specialist that he's supposed to be. Like Danny Green's supposed to be a specialist, a three-point specialist, a three-and-D guy but he hasn't turned himself into the level of that player that he's supposed to be. You know what I mean? Like, he's not the type of guy that I believe that has built this resume of shooting that that 100%, like, he takes pride in every single shot he shoots. Pride in his form. Pride, like, everything about shooting a basketball, like, you know, like, you know, the Ray Allens of the world, Cal Corvas of the world, people that really, you know, Clay Thompson, Stephen Curry, like, these people... These dudes, these motherfuckers. Listen, when it comes to shooting a basketball, they take serious, serious, crazy pride in shooting a jump shot. The mechanics, every. I'm not saying Danny don't. He just don't to that level. And like, if you going, you shooting, you shooting fate of the world shots, motherfucker. Look, that's the kind of cachet you gotta have. And you know, yeah, yeah, he was wide open. And it's like no, you can't. You know, like you know, it's like you no, know, you don't want to blame LeBron because you're like you sitting up here looking at it. like well, yeah, it's the right basketball I'll play it theoretically, yeah. But you look at the other option, which was uh, which would be him shooting on four people. It's like yeah, of course we don't want to shoot on four people for the game. But that's like I said, that's not what I'm asking. He had plenty of time to make a, a bevy of different decisions. If you look at the clock, like you, he had plenty of time to sit there and be like, all right, I'm about to ice this motherfucker. He had plenty of time to. Pass somebody else, get the ball back, and ice that shit. Like, the king. Like, as people call him the GOAT. GOAT James, the king. Like, you playing against uh, a severely inferior team. In talent and size. Severely. And, uh, and, and, and inexperienced. Like, you know, that he just wasn't going to win. Like, it just just wasn't going to happen. So, I'm thinking like you know, hey, this is the moment. This is it, this. is about to happen, and lo and behold, he did it. He, you know, he he created. He created an open shot and passed Danny Green. Didn't go his way. It never does. You know, it, it it never goes. The right play has never worked in that situation. Like more often than not, the right play does not work for LeBron. The quote unquote right play does not work, and it's only because people don't want to see. You score fucking 40 or 50 points, and then you in a situation where all that time left. For instance, let's talk about another right play. Game 1, 2018 NBA Finals, LeBron James played the best single game I've ever seen in my goddamn life in the NBA Finals. Like, I have, n- he had a 51-point triple-double in the NBA Finals. 51... He had a 51-point triple-double in the NBA Finals, bro. At the end of the game, he had, I believe, who was Stephen Curry, one-on-one at the top of the key. And if it wasn't Steph, hell, it don't matter who it is because he's LeBron James. He had a, a he an easy one-on-one top of the key, staring it down. And he passes the ball to George Hill on a backdoor... Listen, you don't pass the ball to a short player back door where Biggs will be waiting. he's in a bad position he's not about to score that. he's under the goal he's not about to score that. he passes let me see. let me tell you this again he had 51 points 51 51 point triple double and gave it to George Hill for the game. If any of you, with any common sense, sitting listening to this, thinks that that is okay, let you gotta be real with yourself. You gotta be real with yourself. Like at some point, you gotta. Be, at some point, you gotta be real with yourself. At some point, like it's a reason why the greatest ever take most of the time take the last shot. It's a reason. It's because they're paid to do so. Like if I'm. If I'm quote if I'm the greatest ever to play basketball, I'm not passing a George Hill on a back cut when I got when I already got 51 The basketball guys telling me this game is meant for me. I got I got a 51 point triple-double in the NBA Finals The universe is telling me I'm hot and most likely I'm gonna make this next fucking shot And yeah, and on top of that, I'm I'm the greatest player in the world ever so like like those, those 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 things right there just like he could have had some amazing moments. You know like he could have had some crazy moments. And and once again because I got to say this, you know you always got to say, "Hey bro, this is not hate." Oh my god, you always got to throw that disclaimer in there. Um, you know, for the sensitivity factor. You always got to throw that disclaimer in there. Good god. But Though, like, the moments that he could have had to his already great career is ridiculous. Like, I'm, I'm, I, it frustrates me because I look at how even better his career, like, some of the moments in his career could have been, it could have been even crazier. If he, if he, if he takes and makes some of these shots, it could have been even crazier. But yeah, game Game Five didn't have to happen like that. Like I said, it's null and void. I'm just giving my opinion on it. It's, it's, it's signed, sealed, and delivered. Lakers, Los Angeles Lakers are the champions of the basketball world. Signed, sealed, and delivered. It's over. It's null and void. But just the the attention that um, the, that the ending of Game Five warrants. I had to address it, and you know, um, because I felt the same way. Two years ago, watching the greatest finals final performance I'd ever seen get thrown away, li- li- figuratively and literally get thrown away, like just thrown away. And now, and now people don't even talk about it anymore because, it, like I said, it literally, literally and figuratively, it, it got thrown away. But yeah, so and and you know, <laughs> it's just it's just wild because you know like um, you you gotta love LeBron you know like I love LeBron James man like people don't understand bro like as a man especially as a black man you look at the blueprint you know like I'm always like you know I'm always I've always been critical of LeBron because, uh, because of some of the stuff that he just didn't do, that he has the ability to do very, very easily, it can frustrate you sometimes. Um, but when it comes to who he is, I, I, I want to mimic every single thing that he does. The way he cares himself. He's the coolest father in the fucking world. He has businesses upon businesses. And I need y'all to understand something. If y'all pay attention, y'all will realize LeBron is the only player to ever play basketball actively and have people sign to him. Yes, Rich Paul and, you know, and Mav, they run clutch sports. But let's be honest. We know who in charge. Come on, man. We know who in charge. <laughs> You're rich, rich or bad running? Boom. We know who the boss is, bro. Let's not get that confused. Like, LeBron has players signed to his agency while he's playing. Four of them in this NBA finals alone. While he's playing. Bro, that's that is that's real boss shit right there. That's real king shit right there. That's that's where when you when y'all start throwing in old King James, King, that that's why I look at him It's like, that's the real king shit right there. Like that—that's wild. That shit barely legal. <laughs> but hey, it's Braun. He—he—he he, he making it happen. You know what I mean? He making it happen. So I mean, like, like I said, and and another thing, you know, I, I gotta bring this up. I right, look. Stephen A. Smith was on. He was on earlier, right? Or or the other day. Him, and K- him, Kidrick Perkins. You know they won't first take talking. And Stephen A. Smith says something that I that I feel so much. He said, "I have Braun. I have LeBron James as the number two best player to ever live." And somehow, out of the out of the fucking seventy years that basketball has been played, and maybe the sixty-something years has been actual actually registered and kept up with, he is the second. He 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 is number two all time ever in history of the sport. And somehow that's hating. And follow that up by saying, if that is hating, what the fuck does love look like for LeBron James? What does that look like? What does if if saying that he is number two all time is hating? my God what does love look I would I would hate to see what love looks like whatever that love looks like happens behind closed doors and security <laughs> I'll tell you that right now that that that's that that's if if, if if that's hating then my God I don't know what love look like and it's only because let me go back to this LeBron's fan base is relentless about him being the greatest player that ever lived and they won't stop. But the problem is, any LeBron fan speaks on his behalf is always going to come mostly from a defensive standpoint. Why is that? Because that man looms in the room named Michael Jeffrey Jordan. That's why. That little bit of insecurity and also what is also hate for Jordan. It's so funny. Everybody say, you know, oh, man, like all this LeBron James haters. And my God, it correlates so much, you know, the fact that you know people that you know that love LeBron and go so hard for him, they can't stand Michael Jordan. Some of them didn't even see him. Can't stand him. <laughs> you know, it, didn't even see the dude. Can't stand him. And and and, and, it's, and it's crazy. You know, uh, it's crazy what what this brings out of people. How nearsighted it makes people. The perspective that people don't have. It is wild to me. It ju- it it just is. But a part of it is pure exhausting. People, people are exhausted, man, uh, from hearing about Michael Jordan, and and it's it's Jordan' fault. No, it's not his fault. It's just that, like, like man, like you gotta understand, like the way Mike did. The, he set the bar so high for us, for his career accolades but his moments like the memory like his his defining moments like that's, that's that's why he has like shoes dedicated to it like his his defining moments is the most ridiculous shit in in, in sports history like he can't help that it was it was always some crazy storyline associated with a big game and all of a sudden he prevails. it's just it's like this shit. It's a fucking movie. Like, quite literally, it's it's a movie. Like, it's, it's crazy. You know, he set that bar so high to the point where it's almost unfair. And now what that leads to is not only being exhausted about hearing about Michael Jordan, you know, because, uh, hey, <laughs> just, hey, just, just like Jigga said and just like the joker said you either die you know you either die a hero or stay around long enough to see yourself become a villain and it's crazy because that's that's what we're looking at with jordan like he is becoming the basketball villain only because like no one hates the, no one no one likes the guy that's always great they will always be looked at as the best. And they go- no, one, no one likes him. I mean, for a few years. But as time goes on, it's like, nah, I'm tired of this. Shit. I, want, I want something different. I'm tired of eating macaroni every night. <laughs> I want some spaghetti. <laughs> That's some of y'all's problem. Y'all just tired of eating macaroni. That's all it is. Y'all just want something different. I like macaroni more than spaghetti. <laughs> I'm just saying, though, you know, just... You know that's that's my personal opinion, but yeah, but that's 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 really what this is getting to. People are are tired of hearing about them, and then that that shit slowly turns into hate. It slowly turns into hate for Michael Jordan's career, for his competition, anything to discredit Jordan just a little bit or weaken. Uh, weaken his armor a little bit in favor of LeBron is what you'll see a, a lot a vast majority of LeBron fans do not all of them um but a lot of his fan base a lot a lot of his fan base man they are critical of Jordan like you you see Shannon sharp talking you know go up there talking about a time he get done talking about Jordan you feel like Jordan just like like damn I mean did he was he even good at basketball I mean was, you know like, you know what I mean so like that that's the type of stuff you that's the type of stuff you see man with a a, die, a die-hard LeBron fan, which are you know, I it's wild because like I love talking to die-hard LeBron fans. Most of them are very interesting people, and um, in, in the way that they see things, and um, I just like I just like to look, I just like to listen to people who are so blindly involved, like like that that type of dedication, like <laughs> that type of you know, go to the edge of the cliff and jump when I say win It's a uh, it's 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 some, <laughs> sometimes it's amusing, but it's really amazing to see. It, it it truly is to see somebody's uh to see somebody's mind that that just my God that just you know is just entrenched uh in LeBron James' career. You know what I mean? And it's you know there's nothing wrong with being a fan of anybody, but man, like you talking about a, a, a defensive. A group of people. Woo. I mean, because it's to the point where it's like you can't say any, like you can't critique LeBron in a basketball manner because it will quickly be called hate. You will quickly be deemed as a LeBron hater and be out and be outcast, real quick, like real quick, you know. And that's that's what's that's what's like kind of frightening because you like, God damn, like. Well, like, boy, listen, you, you, wear, you wear a Kobe jersey to to a, a room of LeBron fans, boy, you know, yeah, you, you might fuck around and be in, <laughs> be in trouble. God forbid you wear a Jordan jersey, you know, like, but, and it's sad that it's like that. But, you know, it's this thing where people think just because you like Kobe or Jordan that you absolutely hate LeBron. That's what most LeBron fans uh, like. That's how they feel. Like, oh, he's a Kobe guy. Oh, he's a Jordan guy. He probably fucking hates LeBron. Son of a bitch. No, it's, just, it's just not like that, man. Like, it's not, for me at least, it's not like that, you know. And all it takes for you to be deemed as LeBron hater is to think that he's not the GOAT. Like, if you disagree that he's not, that, that if you disagree that he is the GOAT and Jordan's number one, oh, yeah. You done lost all credibility. You probably, hey, look. You probably can't play basketball. Here's, here's how it's gonna go, man. This motherfucker, he ain't never played. He probably can't. You probably can't play basketball no more. You probably uh, you, you don't know basketball. You ain't never watched it. You know what I'm saying these. These are all the comments you're about to hear. You you you, you got to prepare yourself. <laughs> you you got to be ready. You understand? You got to prepare yourself. But um, but yeah, man. You know it's like uh, it's like it's almost an effort for like Jordan's history to like be erased. By, by some people, or just, you know, dumb it down and discredit it, and it's just so wild that, you know, that um, just because Jordan's fan base is is, is loyal, um, well, I, I can't even say loyal, it, it's really, it's kind of crazy, it's not even really about Jordan's fan base, really, um, it's just about, I mean, his career, man, it's just, you know, the this, his moments, it's just ridiculous, you know, because I've... I've Personally, I've never ran into a Michael Jordan fan That was ready to cut my head off in a topic I've never ran into a Kobe Bryant fan That was ready to fight me in a topic You know what I'm saying? I mean, of course, I'm I'm a, I'm a Kobe guy myself um, For reasons much more than basketball But um, but yeah, so, you know, I've, I've never ran into uh, I'm not saying they don't exist But, you know, it's just most of the time You run into a LeBron fan, boy Shit is going to get real if you don't agree with them You know um, you know, a lot of them look for confirmation bias, which is like, you know, you better agree with them or else. <laughs> but um, and so I say all that to say this: all of that, as far as Jordan's career, that the bar he set, the unblemished record in the finals, the six for six, no losses, all that—it's it's almost unfair because, you know. We're getting to the point where the criteria... Like, Jordan set a bar. He set a criteria on what it takes. And now... uh, And people... Even people before him... And then Jordan took it to a different level. Um, Now that criteria, that bar is... is The quals, the qualifications... They're being changed for this next generation. They're being softened for this next generation. Uh, Some of the pressure has been taken away... Um, you know, I mean, you know, hey, <laughs> if you like it, I love it. You know, I mean, for me, I'm always going to, ha- I'm always going to look at Jordan as the bar. Um, only because I mean, like, I know for a fact, if someone can outdo Jordan's bar, then there is no fucking doubt that that, that that person is the greatest player whoever lace shoes. You show me somebody who can average 30 30 more than 30. Jordan averaged his career and associated with all the accolades. You show me somebody that's going to put up more than more like 30 like 32, 33 for their career and then go, you know, help 5 and 0, 6 and 0, 7 and 0. That person is obviously Obviously, the, the best player to ever fucking play basketball. Obviously. If a person does that? Yeah, that 50% from the f- uh, field goal percentage? Somebody does that? Yeah, we ain't got enough to talk about. That person's obviously the goat. But we haven't seen that yet. And yeah, the league has changed. You know, um, the league is a lot different. You know, nowadays it's more of a guards league. Um which, which to be honest, um, a lot of people, you know, go hard on Jordan's competition. Let me understand y'all something. When you have dominant big men on the floor that actually are large fucking human beings, I'm not talking about people six seven playing the five uh, for makeshift offenses. I'm talking about like big men that are actually skilled, that actually play back to the basket that dominating the paint, that are like set six 6'10 and above and fucking 250 pounds and physical and mean and nasty. When you are 6'6 guard, that's gonna be a hard life. Like every time you drive, you looking at, at two people, because you know, you know, it wasn't uncommon back in the day for power forward and center to be both seven feet or seven one and six ten or six ten and six ten or seven feet, six nine and that, that wasn't yeah, that wasn't uncommon at all. So if you a guard playing in those times, that's a hard fucking life. Every time you drive, that's what you see? Akeem, Kareem, Shaq, that's what you see every every time you go to the goal? Like, bro, that, that's a hard life. Like, I bet Michael Jordan would love, love to drive. And shoot and live in the paint, live in the mid-range, and, and he look around the corner, he see Bam Adebayo down there. Or well, he see Draymond Green playing the five. Or Lord and behold, my God, he sees PJ Tucker playing the five. He finna have 70. Are y'all like like y'all gotta like y'all gotta think about that? Anybody, any guard who plays basketball, know this shit is actual, factual. The game changed, brother. When, it's, when there's some legit bigs out there, that's really big, that's really seven feet, shit changes, you know. Crossover tween tween, hezy, all that, all that shit's sweet until you get past your man. And you, it's, a, it's a footer down there that can actually do something. It's all it's all sweet until then. Mm-hmm. Back it on out. Mm-hmm. Shoot that fader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Pass it on out. Regroup. Mm-hmm. Shit is different. So when you when you got twin towers down there like that yeah that, that's not that's not ideal that's not ideal for a 6 six uh, shooting guard man you know that's not always ideal for a 6 six uh, shooting guard um, that's a, like I said that, that, that's a tough life. Yeah now the game is uh, the game is a lot smaller uh, far as bids are concerned and uh, the bigs are not as good um, and you know the game is faster of course. Um, I mean, it was, I mean, hell, in the 80s, well, the game slowed down a little bit in the 90s. In the 80s, in the, 80s the game was extremely fast, you know. I mean, I think uh, the highest scoring game in NBA history happened in the 80s. I think it was the Nuggets and somebody, you know, final score was like 150-something to 160, some ridiculous shit. Um, they scored over 300 points that night, I believe. But, um, but yeah, so, yeah, you know, um a lot, a, a whole lot of um, what Jordan did in his career is now turning into hate by uh, by by a large percentage of uh, some of LeBron James' uh, fan base. You know, it's not it's not um, it's not condemning anyone. It's just that the the blind love and the passion that they have for LeBron is, is very impressive. To be honest, it's, it's wild to just sit back and just like watch people. You know, be on autopilot like that. If you disagree with them, it is it is something to see. You know, I don't even speak anymore. You know, I, I really don't. I don't even speak anymore about. Uh, you know, if I get into it with a real diehard LeBron James fan, you know, I I state my opinion that I think Michael Jordan is uh, still the goat. I just sit back and just just kind of observe, because I mean, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not, you know, I know some of y'all might be sit back laughing. Right, now. some of y'all laughing, some of y'all mad. Some of y'all laughing, some of y'all, yeah, some of y'all laughing, some of y'all might be feeling the type of way. That's okay. <laughs> That's cool, you know. But it is what it is. Facts is facts, Dad. You know, so, um, but yeah, you know, now, like I said, this, uh, because of that, um, getting back to the point, because of Jordan and what he did, you know, the standard is, uh, you see the standard changing now. Like, you're seeing... Um, you see people that average like 17 and a half points a game 18 19 you know oh, he's a superstar you know you know and it's just things are different you know um i mean hell even from the early 2000s from the mid 2000s it's drastic like from 05 it's drastically different you know what i mean the word superstar is thrown around like good god boy it's word superstar is thrown around bad man <laughs> it's just thrown around like a rag doll any and everybody's a superstar, you know? I mean they, uh, the NBA do a lot of that shit for marketing too which sucks but you know uh yeah you know a, a lot is a lot is changing on what on what the natural order of things are as far as uh and and me I have no problem with uh with evolution and upsetting the natural order if it makes sense and only upsetting the natural order if if it's gonna get better, you know. Not, not turning down the difficulty. You know. You know. I don't. You know. We can, you know. It's like playing on hardcore. You turn that shit down to what? Uh, on Call of Duty. What, what's the next level, veteran or some shit? I don't know. But, but yeah, you don't want to turn down. the I may have had them backwards. You don't want to turn down the the difficulty. You know. It's no. It's no fun in that. And another thing. So listen. Let me tell y'all something, man. Okay, stats exist for LeBron and Jordan, right? Okay, and the last time I checked in any sport, and I said this in one of my previous podcasts, that it will not be overlooked. And this is the softest spot that I'm about to touch. This hurts, not for me, but for for some LeBron fans out there that are just, you know, super die hard, which can damn near turn in, you know, when you try to talk to them, when you're trying to have a a fun debate about ball or sports, it can almost be toxic for that small percentage of of people. Being generous when I say small. Um, Losing matters. This is sports, man. I mean, it, it is what it is. Losing matters. The only reason why... Um, LeBron is critiqued the way he is is because of the premature crown and goat status that he got from his very own fan base before he even won a ring. What did you think was going to happen when before he even won a ring, he was being called a goat? All while Kobe Bryant was playing and sitting on four rings and then won his fifth. What did, what did you think was going to... You, you thought people were just going to let it slide? Like, you know, people calling him the greatest player they've ever seen already when Kobe Bryant winning his fifth ring at the same time and Jordan sitting at home watching the NBA retire now, six for six, zero losses in the finals, never played a game seven, ended, ended everything in six and less. What do you think was going to happen? You thought, you, you, you thought it was just no one was going to say anything like, oh... We just go. On, these comments don't mean anything. Like you know what I mean. Like you went for the goat. Like <laughs> like you 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 bet you disrespected you you heavily disrespect. Like this. I know some people personally that said this. Shall not be named. I know some people personally. Ten years ago, though, LeBron James was the best player that ever. Lived even before he won one single championship and while Kobe Bryant was still dominating the league winning his fifth ring. People thought this. And, and those of you that have been following basketball for the better part of 20 years, y'all know this is actual facts. People thought this. So when you say shit like that and then when you go hard to defend it, you, you think it's just going to be all forgotten, all for not? You think nobody's going to say anything? You think nobody that loves Kobe or Jordan is going to say anything? And God forbid, do you think the media is not going to say? It? You know how much money the media has made? That's why they ain't let it go? That's easy money to make uh, on SportsCenter. Easy topic on FS1. What? Y'all got to think about this in different levels, man. Like, you can't say shit like that. And, you know, with who LeBron is and how colossal he is in basketball, his impact in basketball, and expect for it to just go away. Like that will loom over him for the rest of his life. Basketball now and post retirement. For the rest of his life. Because now it's to the point where it's like, well, shit, I don't, who cares how I many? He can get more rings than Jordan. The simple, the simple fact is going to be like, they're going to look at it like, well, damn, bro. You played goddamn, you got, what you got, seven rings? You played 25 years. <laughs> I'm joking. You know, I'm 25 years. But they were like, bro, you played 20, he probably going to play 2021, 21, maybe 22. They were like, bro, you played this many goddamn years. And at the end, you can say, I played with Dwayne Wade. I played with Kyrie Irving. I played with Ray Allen. I play with Chris Bosch. Hmm? I play with Kevin Love. Holy shit balls. The list goes on. And on I play with Anthony Davis. My God. <laughs> like what? All of them? And I'm forgetting a few. All of them? And 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 what's what's looking like 20 to you know, maybe 22 years of play. He's gonna play 20. Guaranteed, he gonna play twenty. Jordan played fifteen years and sat out basically two. Like we ain't even get enough. We ain't even get enough of Mike. <laughs> you gotta break things down to the chromosomes, man. It's, I mean, it's it's uh, it's and and now like said, saying what I've said, it's just it's. Like I said, this is, this is no uh, disclaimer. This is no hate to LeBron James. <clears throat> this is no hate towards man. This is just what I am observing over, like, really falling basketball for, like, really for a little bit over 20 years of my life and being able to comprehend it and being able to remember. Like, this, this, I mean, man, like, like, just like Stephen A. Smith said, if calling him number two if calling him number two is hating. God what does love look like? gee what would, if calling him number two that like that that, that, that ain't enough. that's not enough that it, it just isn't it's not it's not satisfying. I don't know what I don't know what it is about Michael Jordan. And when you bring him up, it's like you can't, like, how can we talk about basketball without bringing up Jordan? And then we have gotten to a point to where we talk about basketball and bring up Jordan that it ruins the conversation. How the fuck can bring it up Michael Jeffrey Jordan ruin a basketball conversation? Let that sink in for a second. You bring up Michael Jordan, the shoes, the accolades, all that, the conversation's supposed to get better. It's supposed to get juicier. You bring up Jordan, it's like, damn. Let me go ahead and put on my Kevlar. Shit, fuck. You gonna be in there with your home? Hey, hey, man. Why the fuck you bring up Jordan? Now we gotta fight. Why you do that shit, man? Don't bring him up. I told y'all who we. I told you he liked LeBron James. Don't bring up Jordan. Don't do that shit in his house. I told you how he get. That that that's the point. That's the point that we hit. That's the point that we at. We're bringing up Jordan. How does that ruin a basketball conversation? Bring it up, Michael Jordan. How's that possible? You gotta let that. You, you get, think about that. Just ask yourself that. Be honest. Be honest with yourself. <laughs> Bring it up, Michael Jordan has got to a point where it ruins a basketball conversation, and then insults start flying out of the woodwork. That's what bringing up Jordan is now. That's what bringing up Jordan in a basketball conversation now does. That's wild to me. I remember arguing Kobe and Jordan all the time. Great, great argument. Great argument. That's a great argument right there. You know, you you argue about that, you can get something out of it. You argue about LeBron and Jordan, man. Insult after insult after insult after insult. Mm. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. But be that as it may, that's just my take on it. You know, um, as I said, you know I still think Jordan is the goat. I think LeBron is close behind. Um, Kobe, God rest his soul. <laughs> God rest his mom. But um, that'd be a conversation for a different day. Y'all really going to like that. But um, that's that's all I got. Uh, that's that's my take on this, man. And I'm sitting here right now, you know, I'm I'm stammering a little bit because I'm really just reminiscing on some of the conversations that I've had with people about Kobe and Jordan, and people about LeBron and Kobe, LeBron and Jordan. They, oh my God! And it's one key factor on why all of these conversations end so badly. And I, you know, I, you know, I mean, like I said, if any of you it. All my sports fans at home, y'all have all had this conversation with someone. (laughs) Y'all know how it turns out. That's how it goes. That's going to do it for Phenom Sports episode 009. Until next time.